Good evening, my fellow listeners. This is the Darren Marikita coming live from the What's Good podcast. I am here today with a very good friend of mine, Dr. Anthony Green. A Lucille Simmons Whipper Distinguished Professor, an Associate Professor and Director of African American Studies here at the College of Charleston. And he also works in the Department of Sociology and Anthropology at the College of Charleston. All right, so let's dive right into it. Let's cut the bull. Um, historical accuracy within the tourism industry. What is your view on it? What, what can I, what can you expand on that? Uh, well, tourism in general in the United States is much like history in terms of the narrative that's told. It's told through one particular lens, um, and that lens is expected to, to be taken with face value. Right? So when you look at spaces like Charleston, Savannah, Georgia, New Orleans, these huge port cities that is known for the history of enslavement of African people. Oftentimes, that story is so, the true story that is, is so horrific and brutal that the tourism industry, again, much like American history, has ensured that they would tell a story that is easy to consume, primarily the consumption of white America. And so with the history of tourism in Charleston, and again, let me just preface this by saying I'm not a tourism, history of tourism expert. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But um, I do know a little bit about uh, kind of the origins of of a lot of the tourist locations, particularly, you know, if you you ever visited Charleston or you live in Charleston, you know about the the buggy, horse and buggy rides. and sure. Yeah. You should be familiar with um, locations like um, Magnolia Plantation. Every neighborhood in Charleston is renamed Plantation. Mm-hmm. But um, from my understanding and what I've been told and what I've read, it wasn't until 1989, maybe 1990, where um, Magnolia Plantation was the first tourist location that's inclusive of riding tours, walking tours, you name it, was the first location. Someone out there, please fact check this for me. This is my (laughs) recollection of the conversation I had with a colleague some years ago. That Magnolia Plantation was the first location in Charleston to create and include an African-American tour on its grounds. Mm. But it wasn't a part of the main tour originally. Actually, that's actually interesting because I did a paper on it a couple of weeks back and I explored that issue. Um, and, one of the, and one of the issues I seen was that they were charging extra to get that part of the tour, you know, to include that um, walk on the grounds or that part of like a storytelling in which they told about the slaves, uh, the slaves that were kept on the grounds and the slave houses. Right. So it was it was kind of like, you know, you had to pay extra or bonus to explore this history but yeah it was it was from my understanding that is right it was an either an extra charge or a separate tour so if you went to magnolia plantation for a tour that was not a part of the main tour you had to sign up for that specific tour or again it would be an additional fee or something and i can't tell you the time again that's like 1989 1990 so in the last 30 plus years i can't Again, I'm not a historian in this in, in this particular field. I'm not 100% sure of 
how it became more inclusive, even if it has been, because I am fully aware that there are still several horse and buggy tours. Um, I can't name the companies that riding around downtown Charleston, there's no there's no inclusive history of those tours, not just Charleston African-American history, but Charleston Jewish history or any any other non-white history in the city. There's a lot of those tours that just simply does not talk about that. I don't know if that answers your question, but yeah. Yeah, that answers, that we answers can explore it a little bit more. Um, I think that when we look into the history of Charleston, it's uh, the, the minorities, uh, not only just black black history and black people in general. When we look at the minorities, um, they're they're pushed down or kind of like pushed to the side and whitewashed in a sense into where people now speak of slavery and they're like, oh, it's um it, it you know helped the slaves. I read an article about. In, in Georgia, where, where it, they're passing like a kind of like a law in which the books include include articles in which they say slaves slaves well, enslaved people learned from slavery and pulled some skills, and it's kind of like it, it brings us back to the starting point. Um, it, we made all this progress, you know, with teaching about African American studies and all these things that Du Bois and many like Washington talked about. But it just brings us back to a starting point again. Why why are we doing this again why are we back again at this point when we've made so much progress uh, I think you're referring to it. that was in Florida where the yeah, governor Florida, yeah. made that statement that you know enslaved people um, benefited from, from the institution of slavery but that that is to assume on that particular point I'll circle back to your overall question that that makes the assumption that African people not enslaved African people but African people who were enslaved um, had no skills to begin with, right? And so it's just a misrepresentation of accuracy. And again, just the overall educational system that is is put forth in, in, in America has been, again, incomplete. I won't say inaccurate. I would just say incomplete. Again, it's, it's told based on one particular narrative, right? Um, that's the white, elite, Eurocentric, yeah. you know, narrative. And so we're... we're the point you made of why, why do the question you was asking of why does it seem like we're, we're going back? Well, that's actually kind of inaccurate. It's always been the case, and it's always been the push to minimize uh, the contributions of non-white people in this country in terms of you know, achievements, in terms of inventions, in terms of just contributions overall. So, so what Florida is doing, what has been done in, in places like Texas. Um, legislation that's on the floor in places like South Carolina, where we are, where we are, this isn't new. This is kind of ha- has always been the case, particularly since the 1960s. Mm. It's just got, gained more national momentum because, again, with the advent of things like social media, you know, you didn't have that type of 24-hour access 25 years ago, right? So, you know, the moment that uh, a governor of a state says um, enslaved people learned. You know, benefited from slavery, that's going to be a hot button conversation immediately around the clock, around the globe. Whereas if this was 1995 and the governor said that, it would be kind of local news, especially if national news outlets chose not to talk about it. Um, so it would be more local and then it would gain steam. And so people outside of Florida probably would know that story or that the governor said something like that probably for another 48 hours, whereas now it's instantaneous. Mm-hmm. So my point in bringing that up is 
there's always been this this push by a segment of our population um, to to minimize the the teaching and the exposure of non-white information. So again, it doesn't have to be just about black people. We can talk about indigenous people. We can talk about Asian contributions. Like all of those groups, history has been minimized and reduced in a sense to what we have now. So when we talk about African-American studies or Asian-American studies or indigenous studies, those those disciplines had to be fought for, right? It wasn't a part, in many cases, still not a part of the general curriculum oh. in higher education. Like it's, an, it's still an elective. Yeah. It's, not, it's not mandatory for anybody to take these things, right, or to major in these things. And so that, that's, my, that's the, the point. When we talk about history, or when people say, well, we already have American history. Why do we need African-American history? Why do we need Jewish-American history? It's because both historically and even today, if you take history 101 on a college class, you would probably talk maybe one class, maybe two, depending on if it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday versus yeah. Tuesday, Thursday. You might get one week of that information. It won't be embedded throughout the history of, I mean, throughout the entire semester of the course, right? You would have to take African-American history to get that. You have to take the Jewish history course to get that. You have to take the Asian history course to get more in-depth analysis of those contributions, and of those achievements, right? You just don't get that in your regular history 101 class. So that's why, that's why I say it's not that it's being pushed down. It's never really been... Um, the highlight. Well, you could say highlight, the but highlight. it's never really been for for to to make it you know, a powerful statement. That non-white American history, culture, contributions, achievements in curriculum has never been valued the way that white Eurocentric oh, yeah. history contributions, so forth and so on. And it's, so, um, when we when we talk about learning and the sense of school and whatnot we can also connect that to tourism and how mm-hmm. tourists learn so how do you think it's beneficial like how beneficial do you think it is for these people to actually go through these these part of the tours where they see they see some of this graphic um they see some of the graphic things like um some of the i don't know tools i would say or thing uh, or weapons that we used to um make to make to enslave these people and also like um walking the slave grounds and looking at the um slave houses and uh also um the slave tags which were found on the ground how important do you think it is for these tourists to learn because you don't only learn in school you know right learning well i mean it's a, well. it's a it's a living breathing history and so like with anything the more you become exposed to you know your, your outside of your own particular worldview the more information, the more content, the more history, the more accuracy that you're exposed to, you expand your worldview. You grow to appreciate, in, in many regards, appreciate understanding of those particular groups of people. You may, if you go, if you go through one of these <clears throat> walking tours, or if you, if you take the, the local Gullah tour, shout out to the Gullah tours in, in Charleston, uh, one of the only, if not the only, um, essentially black history tour given in Charleston. Um, you gain some sense of understanding of not just, again, it's not just the oppressive history, right? Um, the Gullah tour take you by the, the, the first African-American law office, 
right? It'll take you by Philip Simmons, um, his home, who who is a, is a, is a um, uh, I know I'm messing up the, the actual accurate name, but he was the the metal worker. Philip Simmons, his work, you know, is, can be found not only just throughout Charleston, but also in places like D.C. Right? Mm. Like he was commissioned by one of the presidents to do metal work, right, for his gates, and he has a he has a classic style. So you learn that. You know, for for even for African Americans who are unfamiliar with this information, you learn that the, the experiences of Black people here in this in the city, throughout the country actually, but here in the city, wasn't 100% oppressive. Now, are there is there a legacy lingering in terms of enslavement? Absolutely, absolutely. But you'll learn about people like Robert Smalls, right? You'll, you'll learn about again the first African American law office. You'll learn about the Avery, um, the Avery Normal School that is now the Avery Research Center down on Six Bull Street. Like you'll shout learn, so you'll again shout out. <laughs> you'll 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 gain a better appreciation of the lived experiences that both that both includes the oppression and the hardships and the tragedies, but it also talks about and shows you shows you and highlights the, the, the triumphs and, and accomplishments mm. right accomplishments of black people so and i think we get when, when i say we i'm talking about just the general populace of people when we think about um trying to be more inclusive of african-american history or or just any non-white forms of history mm. indigenous on down the line we focus in on the tragedy tragedies and not right? the triumphs and not the triumphs and so and so when you even even in some of the tours that may be inclusive a little bit <laughs> about the experiences of black people that's what they talk about yeah right they always um they like to highlight yeah this these were slaves and you know these people you know abraham lincoln freedom you know but you know every we don't we're not gonna go well, down not into gonna that, that. <laughs> yeah right. but um you know all that all that interesting stuff they always you know put out the bad even if they do include it into the tour but they never talk about the triumphs um, right. of many like rebellions and um like the rebellion um the Stono Rebellion, Stono, which they had to hate. Denmark, I mean, all those, the list all goes those, on and on. Yeah, they never, you know, speak of the contributions, and they make it seem as if like the enslaved people just were enslaved, and you know they were free, and that's it. Yeah, and yeah. nothing else happened after that. I mean, that's the that's again a part of American history, the way in which it's taught, the way in which it's you know, what's adopted as factual history is, and I've said this in class, and you you may remember this. <laughs> As it pertains to black people, black history in, in, in this country, it was black people were slaves, like Africans were slaves. Mm -hmm. Not Africans were people who were enslaved. It just starts with slaves. <laughs> black people were slaves. You had somebody like Frederick Douglass, he did something with Abraham Lincoln. And then Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves. And then, you know, you may hear about Harriet Tubman. You know, you may hear about one or two people. And then you jump all the way to Martin Luther King in Rosa Netflix. Parks. Right, the, the civil yeah. rights movement. So you, so 1865 to 1965 is pretty. So you're missing a hundred years of history. history, right? And if you do hear about that time period, it's Jim Crow. It's the oppression again. You you have to have that history as well. You have to be. You have to have that talked about. But during this time period, again, inventors, creators, you know, art, music, all of these things happened in that. That time, time period, period. even during enslavement, right? Oh, yeah. But you never hear about pre, pre-enslavement. You never hear about pre-colonial Africa, generally speaking. And so, it's it's easy to say, black people, and I'm 
going to focus on black people in America. Black people were enslaved, and there's this white savior named Abraham Lincoln, and and so that that leaves the door open for criticism. So it, the criti- the blame the victim mentality. So the idea that the the current social, political, economic, and educational conditions of, of black people today is by default their own fault. Oh yeah, because we did our part. America did its part by freeing you in 1865 as if nothing else happened or nothing else is continuing to happen and so that is built into these tours that does not happen in places like germany oh yeah with the um with the holocaust holocaust with the holocaust and all of the all of those uh all of those tours i think that america takes it takes what it seen what it what it likes and what will make them make them the most money because um this is also this also plays into how the charleston economy uh, really, really relies on this tourism industry. But when do we look at? When do we draw the line and say, "Yeah, we depend on, we depend." It makes our economy, but we need to start telling the truth, or we need to start showing that you know, this is the history in which Charleston um, has. And even in this library today, I mean, there was hundreds of slaves found on this burial ground. Mm. Let's and not forget the the, the the thousands of indigenous people who lost their lives on this very land. Oh yeah, in oh yeah. yeah, because of so-called um, free land right. or discovery. Mm-hmm. And so, when this when this part of history is not told, when this part part of history is not mentioned to tourists and people who, uh, again, uh, I think in the year between twenty 2020 twenty and uh, twenty twenty three, there there have been more than seven million tourists that have come through the. That have come through Charleston each year, not just between the time, but each year. Yeah, yeah. And so, when these seven million people come here each year, what are they taught? What do they take back to their places? And what do they take back to their workspaces? And oh, I visited Charleston. You know, beautiful scenery. I seen the Magnolia Plantation. I seen the waterfront. I seen the harbor. But they, but no one includes that. You know, close to close to forty to sixty percent of all enslaved Africans were brought through those ports and were enslaved and made into you know this in, into this working machine and so what and so my last question would be what would be a solution to to fix this sugar-coated history within the tourism industry or within the, within within you know america itself what would be a solution or what would be not, i'm not gonna say there is the solution because i don't i know there's not just one solution but what is a solution in which you think would be beneficial when when it as it pertains to charleston well, that's a good question, and it's a, in many regards, a, a difficult one to answer because the industry, the tourism industry, in Charleston in particular, but again, like I said, in other places like Savannah and New Orleans, mm-hmm. um, even places like Boston and in the Northeast. Oh yeah, it is the tourism industry is an institution, right? Because we're talking about, like you mentioned earlier, we're talking about economics. So it's, oh, yeah. it's a moneymaker. And so when you follow the business model of institutions, it's extremely difficult for outsiders to make change. Mm-hmm. All right? So, um, that again, that goes with, with any institution, economics, politics, um, um, education, you name it. But... The institution itself would, let me kind of give you an idealistic response. It would need to be torn down and rebuilt from the 
beginning, right? Mm-hmm. So no, the tourism industry, the tourism industry, would literally need to shut down and be recreated from the ground up to be more inclusive of the voices and the experiences of all people from Charleston, historically and even now. We know that's not likely to ever happen. <laughs> Never, <laughs> right? And so, what is what what are spaces like Magnolia Plantation? Uh, what are places and spaces like the the horse and again I don't know the the companies. Yeah. Who who are they hiring? What training are, are they, they being being provided? Right? Are you hiring graduates of the College of Charleston or Charleston Southern or any university for that matter who have degrees in African American studies? One of our former um, graduates, um, Olivia Williams, shout out to Olivia Williams. She's now in Jackson, Mississippi. But she used to work at Magnolia Plantation, and she was one of the tour guides. And she gave it to him, you know, uncut, raw, you know, <laughs> straight, no chaser. Like, she gave the raw history of that place and space. Um, but, again, she was a student, and and um, both undergrad and grad, she got a master's degree from history, from the history department here. Um, but she made her mark in mm. that particular industry, in that particular space, rather, and now she she relocated. I think she relocated because better opportunity, more money, so forth yeah, and so on. Yeah. But are you looking to hire people with backgrounds in this history? Not just African American history. It could be Jewish history, but in terms of the place and space where you are, mm-hmm. are you doing that? That's a start. Are you again providing, you know, necessary um, historical? I don't want to say historical training, but are you providing historical? analysis and, 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 and uh, uncut information to your staff, right? Those who are responsible for providing tours. If you're not willing to do that and make those small changes, the larger changes are never going to come, right? So people like yourself, um, you know, professors, whoever it may be, we can talk about the issue, we could um, petition, we can protest, we can, we can do all those things. And it can make some some changes, and we we understand historically that protests, marching, strategies, and all these other types of mechanisms have made change, but very small changes. Um, so again, it's a very hard question to ask because, in reality, what needs to be done, like I said, you just need to tear it down the way it is and rebuild it to be more inclusive, and unfortunately. The economics that's tied to the industry here is just not going going to do that. You can you can you know keep sugarcoating. You can talk about different locales. You can highlight certain people for a minute or two. But uh, I do recall you mentioned 2020 to 2023, and I keep bringing up New Orleans. But there was an article that came out probably 2020 2021, um, maybe 2019. Um, uh, a couple complained. A white couple went on a tour in New Orleans on a plantation, mm. and it just so happened that this particular plantation in New Orleans tour guides they were um, trained to talk about the whole history of that place. Oof. And these, this couple, and I'm sure it was more people, but this couple were offended. Right, and they they either wrote an article, submitted an article, went on a podcast or something. Their it, their story got out somehow, okay. and they were complaining and they were saying they um something to the effect of you can look it up. I can't remember the, the, the 
title or the name of the couple, but they said something to the effect of, I didn't come down here and I didn't pay my money to learn about slavery. That's not why I came down here to take this tour on a <laughs> plantation. All right. But again, like wow. I said, and, and I'll close with this point. Um, places like, again, you just can't do that in places like Germany. Germany has provided some, some reconciliation um, as it relates to the Holocaust. So in Germany, it's taught like the real history of what happened during that time period. Um, it's taught in schools. Mm. They have um, memorials, right? And it's even written into law in Germany that you can't do the, the Hitler salute. You can't do the Hitler, you know, call the high Hitler. You, you, if you do that in public, you will get arrested. And you will be stopped by, yeah, you, yeah, you you might you might get beat down, but you will get stopped by like local citizens, and they'll call the police, right? Um, probably fifteen some odd years ago, um, two white American male, you know, young males were over there, and as a joke, they did the Heil Hitler salute in public, and I think it was like at a, a parade or something. They got beat down, they got arrested, right, and then they they um, they were charged. And eventually they had to be, they were shipped back to the United States. Mm. So my point in bringing that up is places like Germany have, have, and again, this is never a race what happened, but places like Germany have, have put together this, this, this reconciliation healing process, so to speak, of claiming what, and owning up to what they did. Oh yeah. And not only just saying we did this and we apologize, no, these are the mechanisms that we're going to do to change the institution. We're not going to, so you're not going to go to Germany and and find neighborhoods named after internment camps. You're not. Mm. But America doesn't do that, right? America likes to distance itself from enslavement because they will say things like that happened so long ago. It's the past. Leave it it's the, the past. Leave, so in places like Charleston, Savannah, just throughout the South, not just in these places, mm-hmm. you can go to like. You know, metropolis type of, of southern cities, Atlanta, Charlotte, Raleigh, you will find neighborhoods called plantation. You will find roads named and schools named after Confederate, you know. So, yeah. um, um, but America, so America doesn't do that. And so until America truly owns up to the history of enslavement and the brutality and the laws that have come in, 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 in the aftermath of all this, we'll be talking about this again. 10 years down the road as to yeah. why are the tour, tour, tours in Charleston ignoring African-American contributions in history? It'll be the same thing because not much will be different, oh, yeah. unfortunately. Well, you heard it first, folks. Thank you again, Dr. Green, for joining me today. It was Thank a pleasure to have me. you. It was a pleasure to have you. Um, I, I there's, not, there's not more I can say, honestly. I'm thankful for um, him to, in, coming in today. Um, Thank you guys for tuning in. See you next time on the next episode of the What's Good Podcast. Peace out. God bless. Peace out. These are the breaks, many mistakes go down out of state. Wait, I had to let it marinate. We carry weight, trying to get laced. Make the ace stack is safe. Millionaire plan to keep the gap. We don't own any rights to the music provided in this podcast. However, you can find all the music on pot in the link and also.
in the world and everything in it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I messed that up, but hey, let's run with it. All right, peace. Strictly living longevity to the destiny I thought I'd never see, but reality struck. Better find out before your time's out. What the fuck? Imagine that. Shine. Still living for today in these last days and times. If I